Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Season 6 of Eye on the Future with Lady Fontaine and co-hosts Jim Elkin and Paul LaPlaca. To schedule a reading or learn more about Lady Fontaine, also known as America's number one love psychic, be sure to check out Lady Fontaine's website at ladyfontaine.com. Now, here's Lady Fontaine with co-hosts Jim Elkin and Paul LaPlaca. Good evening and welcome to Eye on the Future and Happy New Year. This is Season 7 and Episode 1. Today is Thursday, January 13th, 2022. I am your host, Paula Plaka, along with our in-house spiritual wizard, Jim Elkin, and our resident psychic extraordinaire, Lady Fontaine. She's also known as America's number one love psychic and is a certified life coach and relationship expert. Tonight's topic is forgiveness. Call us at 319-527-6216. We would love to hear from you. Remember, you can reach Jim, me, or Lady Fontaine by emailing us at radioshow at ladyfontaine.com. If you have any topics that you would like to hear on future shows, email us to let us know. If we select your suggestion for a show topic, you will receive a free introductory 15-minute psychic reading or life coaching session with Lady Fontaine. Call us at 319-527-6216. If you would like to be on Lady Fontaine's mailing list, please give Mike, our call screener, your real email address so we can keep in touch with you. Since we are doing video, for those of you who don't know, James Elkin is our healing expert. Say hi, Jim. Hi, Jim. And of course, our (laughs) lovely psychic relationship expert and intuitive life coach, Lady Fontaine. In case you're wondering, she's the one without a beard. (laughs) (laughs) If you miss the show, she's the only one. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> you need to trim that. That's not the. <laughs> All right, here I am back. <laughs> if you miss a show, you'll be able to catch up at any time at I Am the Future Radio Show. Uh, that's on our YouTube channel, our Facebook page, or listen to the podcast on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, or any other podcast platform. We've got a jam-packed show tonight. We'll be taking calls throughout the show, so please be patient. We will do our best to get every caller on the air to answer your questions. If you call in, you'll be able to listen to the show while on hold. Our phone lines are open and our switchboard, as always, is lighting up. And we want to hear from you. We'll be taking your calls at 319-527-6216. Lady Fontaine and her panel of experts are here to help guide you through life's challenges and joys. Call in for a free psychic reading or love and relationship guidance or in any other stories or experiences that you want to talk about. Just a reminder, when calling, this is radio. We love to hear from you, but we need real questions, not general questions like, what is going on in my love life? Is there someone in my future? Um, Do you see a new job coming up for me? Uh, We need specific uh, topics and questions, and please be prepared to discuss your situation on air. Those of you watching us on YouTube, please hit subscribe to be notified of our new shows, and leave us comments. In order for us to continue to do video streaming, we really need in liking and following us on all these various platforms. Now, since this is your show, Lady Fontaine, I want to turn the mic over to you. Well, first of all, Happy New Year to you guys and to everybody listening or watching out there. And um, I want to start the show today with a quote. Now, I've read the quote before on the air 
but it's to me it's a very meaningful quote and even though it sort of references the woman by saying gorgeous and fabulous and stuff like that it could also apply to men but i just i'm um reading this because i want it to be a reminder of why i do the show it's really for you guys it's really to help you and it's not only to do five or ten minute readings on the air but it's really to make a difference in your life we try to either uh, pick topics that you suggest, which we're always welcome to hear, hearing from you, or um, topics that people are always asking me about. And um, we, 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 we want you to grow and we want you to learn on this show. So in any event, um, this, this I have to read. I don't know this by heart. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel it says won't feel insecure around you. It must be won't feel insecure around you. Does that sound right? There's nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people will feel insecure around you. That's won't feel insecure right. around that's, you, yeah. Right. That's what I mean. Yeah. It didn't sound like it was right there. Um, we are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us. It's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. And for those of you who might not know, that's a Marianne Williamson quote from A Return of Love, Reflections on the Principles of A Course in Miracles. And that truly is one of my favorite quotes because it really, I mean, the word you don't serve anybody by, by playing small. And I think most people are afraid to be themselves and really shine. And it's really our fear of having it all that holds us back rather than our fear of, I mean, because many, many people are stuck in not having the things that they want. And the only thing holding them back is them. So I'm hoping this year, this will be the last time I have to read that because we're all going to shine and and manifest everything that we truly want, myself included. So in any event, um, tonight's show is on forgiveness. But before we hit that topic, um, I want to say two things. One thing is, for those who don't remember, the reason why I wanted to do this show on forgiveness is a couple of shows ago, um, somehow we just hit on the topic of forgiveness somehow. And Jim came up with his take on it. And Paul and I had a different perspective of it. And that was like um, the floodgates broke loose. I mean, we got so many emails not understanding what Jim was referring to and what he really meant. So when we start to talk about forgiveness, I'm going to turn the mic over to Jim and I want him to explain it. And we'll have some discussion about it. We welcome callers who have any take on it, you know, who want to come in, call in and discuss it. But it seems like it's a hot item, and I think it's really an important topic for us 
because without forgiving, I mean, Jim and I might have a little bit different perspective of this, but without forgiving, I believe you actually hold yourself back from growing and evolving and truly living your life to the fullest. So all that being said, we're going to hit on forgiveness soon. But Jim, I need to ask you, what the heck is going on astrologically? Last show we didn't really have a chance to go into a lot of astrological influences for 2022 but um i'm seeing in in with clients there's too many similarities now i know that venus is retrograde and i believe it's going uh direct on the 29th so i'm going to ask you what the impact of that is but what else is going on because what i'm finding with clients is I have a lot of clients that are having car accidents, which I find very unusual. And it's not just a one isolated kind of scenario. It's that they're telling me I had an accident and then this happened. And then my father had this and then this happened. And I broke up with my boyfriend or my marriage ended and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> so there's a million things that seem to be spinning out of control. And when I see so many clients having the same kind of issues, I suspect that there's some planetary influence. So can you give us a little bit of an overview of what's going on? I just hit on somebody on a bike today. You're what? kidding. I just hit somebody. I was coming out of my parking garage, and I hit somebody on a bike, an electric bike. Oh, my God. Are they all right? Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're fine. It was just a tap. They came out of nowhere, though, and, and they, they, they actually hit me, and it was just a bump. But it's funny you mentioned car accidents with astrological influence because I had one today, too. See, and I mean, this, thank God, didn't happen to me now, but many, many years ago, I was in a parking lot and a guy on a bicycle ran into my car. So, I mean, you know, things like that happen, but I'm seeing so many, like, it's almost like I cringe. I'm talking to a client and they start out, well, I had a car accident and then this happened and that, and it just is weird. So, Jim, what's going on? Well, um, I did find that at this time, most of the planets are, Actually, all of the planets are in half of the sky. And half of the sky is completely empty of, it, of anything. Now, could I just make a comment to that? Sure. When I was born, that's what my natal chart looked like. So what does that uh, mean? That's called a bowl pattern. A what? A bowl, bowl? pattern. Bowl, as in a thing that oh, contains. Bowl. 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 B-O-W-L. That's the one. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So hold me up. As opposed to the bowl. hat pattern, which is like, you know, <laughs> the bowl pattern. <laughs> okay, we got it. Okay. And so all the planets are on the side of the chart and nothing is on the other side. So if you look out in the sky at certain times of the, of the day or night, you won't see anything actually in the night because the sun is one of those planets. Uh, you won't see anything up there as far as planets are concerned, just stars. Um, that, that That kind of makes... Uh, 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 the revolution of the sky kind of like a beach ball that's got a have you ever seen one of these beach balls they've got that have like a bump uh, a bunch of sand in, in a little pocket on one side so when you spin the beach ball it kind of goes wooga, wooga, wooga. it's a really strange pattern because it's centering on where the, the, the sand is instead of the center of the beach ball that's kind of what's happening in our lives right now so it's, it becomes kind of a bouncy ride um, sometimes things will be moving very quickly forward and sometimes they'll slow down and we've got to move and adjust with those patterns uh, in order to be able to survive uh, without injury or event. 
Um, in, in addition to that, because of that compactness of all the planets in one side of the chart, uh, they tend to aspect each other a lot more frequently. And so you're getting a lot more changes going on. Sometimes it's, it's going to be a square, which is kind of a hard, hard aspect, a difficult aspect. And sometimes there'll be a trine, so there'll be a smoothing as, smooth moving aspect or, or other aspects that are in between all that. And they, because those aspects are showing up, you're going to see a lot more things popping up spontaneously and maybe disappearing spontaneously. Things the way you think, things in your life, things going on around you. So that's another thing that could be going on that uh, that will move away in a few weeks when when the sun moves away from from its close location with all the heavy the older plants uh, the, the outer more plants. Do you, do you know when that started? Because I saw this pattern start at the end. So you're you're breaking up an awful lot. Try not to touch your desk. I'm not. <laughs> I'm really not. Um, <clears throat> I do I know when that no, started? I can't think unless I. Um, Do I know when that started? Yes, because I've seen this pattern since December. You'll see. I'm not touching it. I must have a mic issue right now. It's, it's not connecting it. It's, it's, not, it's not flashing now. It's, it's, I've noticed that when you're moving your hands around, it tends to do that. So maybe uh, you're bumping the desk. I have my I don't hands know. up here to show you I'm not doing anything. It's, it's not flicking in and out right now, so it's, it's proving me right. All right, right. So I'm going to stay like this the whole <laughs> okay. show. So there you go. Stay. All right. I'll just do this. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have this shoulder issue. I don't want to aggravate. Oh, no, yeah, okay. Don't do that. Right, so this, this will be good. <laughs> all right. Um, so uh, this, this all started, I mean, you can follow the sun's movement into Capricorn, and uh, before that, um, uh, Aquarius, right? Yes. Aquarius, Capricorn, Pisces. No, it's Capricorn, Aquarius, Pisces. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is C- yes, Sagittarius. So it's moving through Sagittarius. Sagittarius, was, Capricorn, Aquarius. Yeah, exactly. Right. So it's moving through Sagittarius. I always yeah. have a hard time with that. I have yeah. to like, look at charts. I created a memory thing for myself just to get it. Um, into, into, into Capricorn, uh, that was early December, and then even before that in Scorpio moving into Sagittarius, it was probably not as prominent because those, those, uh, that tugs all the three planets, the Sun, uh, Mercury, and Venus, away from the rest of the planets. So, but right now the Moon is also in part of that group. So it doesn't even have the imbalance of the, or the possibility of the Moon balancing everything else. So I would say back <laughs> so, in November. All right, that's what I needed to know. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So, Jim, you, you mentioned that. There it goes again. Whatever you just Me? did. Yeah. I didn't touch. My hands have still been here. Uh, no, I saw you move them. <laughs> no, they, they've been up here. I, my elbows okay. are bent. I haven't. So, I mean, they're getting tired of going like this. So, I, they're here. I'm not. Okay. There's something going on. I mean, uh Paul, you were going to say something. Let me go check again the connection in the back. Otherwise, I'm going to have to reboot. And that yeah, takes do you have a long any uh, any other programs open or anything else that could be using no. up your uh, computer no, brain? No, I I rebooted. I'm wondering though if my router needs to be rebooted. Try just re- think... re-signing into Zoom. I have a couple questions for Jim, and that'll get us um, up to speed. Uh, okay. Just re-sign into the the Zoom call. 
So, Jim, you mentioned aspects, and I don't think we had a chance to talk about that during the show on astrology. What does that mean when you have these planets in different aspects? Okay, well, if you think of, a, of, of the zodiac as being like a large circle, and the planets are, are considered spots uh, or points on that circle, and so the relationship between the two points of the circle is considered an aspect. And there are certain relationships that are, that are paid a lot of attention to, like oppositions, where you have a 180-degree aspect from one planet to another planet. And a trine is 120 degrees. A square is a 90-degree aspect. And then a, a lot of in between that. There, okay. some, of them, some of them are harmonious, meaning that they move, make things move smoother, and some of them are not so harmonious and maybe even malevolent, uh, really hard on you. So a lot of aspects to Mars, for example, is considered troublesome. And right. Uranus and other planets. So Now, is that because uh, specific planets have certain characteristics that we attribute to them and then how they are uh, attached to our, uh, our uh, sign that, that that is an aspect, like what, what angle it's um, well, when, when we run, if we run a transit chart on your natal chart, we would mm-hmm. put the wheel of the current sky up against the wheel of the moment you were born, and then we would look at aspects between the planets from your original, you know, from your birth, you know, and how they relate to the planets that are going on today, and that will give us a lot of information about what's going on right now in your life. Fascinating. So with, with all of these different lines that you're drawing in a circular zodiac chart and your natal chart, um, does this have anything to do with some of the forms we see in sacred geometry? Uh, not so much. Not so much. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's a pretty much an independent form of, of work. Okay. I was, I was just curious if there was any connection there because we see a lot of Mandela's and, um, other images that are really interesting and, and fascinating to look at. I was wondering if it had any connection to an astrological chart. Not to my knowledge. Okay. All right. Um, I'm, out of, I, I'm out of questions. <laughs> okay. Jill, you back? Lady Fontaine? Yes. Um, all right. So <laughs> the, I still have one question, though. Sure. So. In my natal chart, everything is all on one side. It's all on, like, the lower left-hand side. Yeah. What does that mean? That means my life is going to be chaotic? Well, we kind of went over this when we reviewed your chart. But it, it, it means that um, there are times when things will go really slow and sometimes when things will really be going fast. It means that all the energy of your life is concentrated on the houses and the, and the signs that those planets are, are focused in. So it, they're closer together that, I mean, we had a little while ago, we had a, a grand conjunction. People born at that time right. have everything within almost two signs. <laughs> it's very close. So um, those people are going to be really very biased, very one-sided. They're not going to be able to see the rest of life because it's all everywhere else. For a while there, Paul, Paul was actually headless there for a moment. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I was petting my cat. Oh, uh, no, but the, oh. way it, the way with your background it came through was that your head disappeared. <laughs> well, I did just get married. <laughs> I don't know what that has to do with anything. Uh, come I've on. done that before. Stop. I know how that is. 
boy, here we go. <laughs> here we so, go. All right. So anyway, the, so, the Mercury retrograde, the Mercury retrograde doesn't seem to be impacting us yet because all Mercury has done right now is held still. It's it's in, oh. it's not moving forward. It's not moving backwards. It's stationary right now. Um, what could happen once it goes retrograde is going to be a different story because the v- Venus re- right now is retrograde in Capricorn along with Uranus. And the two of them are hammering things up. Things are, your relationship is being reevaluated. Our values as a whole are being reevaluated. When Mercury goes, goes retrograde, we're going to have three planets, all three working. The Uranus is known as the great surpriser, the, the uh, planet that, comes in and throws a wrench into everything that was working so smoothly and makes a total mess out of it all just because you need that in order to reset and come up with a better and newer newer way of moving forward. So when it's retrograde, <laughs> who knows what's going to happen. So I, I think it's probably more the Venus and, and Uranus retrograde that could be impacting a lot of this. It doesn't really directly relate to uh, uh, electrical equipment or cars or vehicles, but it could uh, a, a lot of impact the way we're making choices, whether we're making good choices or not. So uh, a lot of people are driving. I've noticed a lot of people are driving like we're living in Bangkok. <laughs> and uh, that has concerned me a lot. I've managed to keep out of trouble, but that's because I'm expecting them to drive like they're in Bangkok. <laughs> Yeah, it's got to be a lot more troublesome on a bike seeing that, but I've noticed it too. Um, people that haven't been on the road for a while because of COVID, it's yeah. like you're out on the road with a bunch of 15-year-olds again, and it's like they've forgotten how to be uh, aware of their surroundings. You know, yes. it's, been a, it's been a nightmare in New York City for sure. So that, that, that's part of it, I think. So with Venus going direct, I believe it is on the 29th. That's your um, Venus is on the 18th, I think. Really? Uh, let me confirm. Oh, so that's that. almost here. I thought it was the 29th. Um, 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 um. Confirming. Hang on. While you're looking that up, though, yeah. my question to you is, do we see immediate results or is this a transition period of like a week or two for it really to kick in? I got it backwards. I'm sorry. January 18th is, is Uranus and okay. 29th is Venus. I'm sorry. All right. Cause I thought the 29th, I had that in my head because, Oh my God, the, the onslaught of breakups and heartache that clients are experiencing now is pretty profound. It really is. How often does Venus go retrograde? You know, like twice a year or something like that? Uh, a little more frequently. I know uh, Mercury goes retrograde every 88 days. It goes through a complete year cycle. So uh, it starts retrograde every 88 days. I forget the Venus cycle. I think it's uh, like 120 days. Maybe it's, maybe it's more. I forget now. All right. There, I mean, I can, I can look it up. I mean, you know, if you happen to have it, that would be great. I'm just curious because I'm seeing the cycle with the accidents and everything that I haven't really seen before. That's every like part. Sorry, every 224.7 days. All right. So it's more like once every almost 10 months or so? Yeah, something like that. It's more than, <clears> more than <throat> it's less than twi- twice a year. 
put it that way. Right, right. Okay. Well, that's good. That's good. Well, thank you for that insight because I was curious if there was uh, astrological influences. Is there any good news come up that you share with us before we hit our topic? Um, it's going to be an exciting year. <laughs> I've heard it's going to be a magical year, a truly magical well, year. Yeah, for the, for the details, we could go back to the, the previous show when we covered all that. But uh, but yes, it's uh, there's a, there's a lot in store for us. I don't right, know how so. much much fun it will be, but uh, that that depends on how it ends up. I mean, it, it could go either way. To me, magical of, means good stuff. Well. To me, magical means influence that isn't following the patterns that we're used to or following the patterns of nature. So there you go. Sounds it could be anything. Way. Yeah. Jim, you've got, a different, you've got a different definition for everything. Well, <laughs> I try. That's because you just say Say you just have different definitions right. well, for that's, everything. I feel like that's the beauty of our, our, uh, our teamwork here is we have really different perspectives. And uh, I, I'm teasing you, Jim, but I really respect magical to you means something very specific and part of a lot of your studies. It's not just um, uh, something on the surface. It's not it's a Disney a, magic. a deep connection to something that you said that is not, <laughs> Thank you. you know, it's not part of our natural understanding. It's outside of that. Whereas to the, the normal person, magical just means, you know, something good. <laughs> right. Because to right? me, magical means good. For right. Jim, for Jim, it sounds like it means anything other than the normal could be good. They have magical as magical. Right. When something's magical, it's phenomenal in my eyes. Okay. Well, it's in, good and bad magic. If even even in, in places like well, uh, movies true. like Harry Potter or or groups like that, they 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 realize that uh, that. You can't have the good without the bad, and that's a very yin-yang kind of looking at things. And that's really the approach that I have managed to to bring as part of my worldview. So I don't have any idea of anything that's absolutely good. It's just what I do with it that makes it good. Ah. Well, and let's transition that to our topic because – the reason we're having the show tonight is because your um, perspective on forgiveness <laughs> is um, different than uh, mine and uh, Lady Fontaine's. So let's start with the uh, the definition. The simple definition is to stop feeling angry or resentful towards someone for an offense, flaw, or a mistake. That's like the most basic definition of forgiveness. And as okay. a, I was raised Catholic, uh, for me, the teachings of Jesus were always in line with um, do unto others as you would want them to do unto you. And if somebody does a wrong to you and slaps your cheek, turn the other cheek and take another slap. Um, the whole Christian, uh, you know, nonviolence kind of uh, teachings that I was taught uh, teach forgiveness on a, a very deep level that seven times, seven times seven, you should accept somebody doing a wrong to you. So that I don't really carry that as much as I used to in real life. It's, it's harder for me. So I've turned my definition of forgiveness into just letting go. I let go of you. I let go of my feelings of anger towards you. But if you hurt me enough, 
I'm letting go of you entirely. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. If somebody is abusive to you in any way, (laughs) forgiving doesn't mean to me, doesn't mean you still let them into your life to continue the behavior and the treatment that is abusive towards you. So Jim, what was your take on it again? Where did we diverge? Hello? Can you hear me? Are you still (laughs) We're talking all over you and it's your show. <laughs> I haven't um, said anything yet. To me, I, I, I just want to make a comment on what you said. To me, that's defining your boundaries, and and that's that's a protective mechanism. That's protecting yourself, which is a hundred percent, you know, in line with what I would what, I, what yeah. I would teach or what I would agree with. For mm-hmm. me, forgiveness is very similar, but the main reason to forgive, which I think is different than Jim's reason. Maybe, maybe not, is for yourself. Because oftentimes the person is long gone, they don't even remember what, what happened, and they've moved on from it, and you hold on to that hurt, that anger, that frustration, whatever it is. And that's, that's hindering you from becoming full, whole, happy, love, lovely, whatever. And so, so to me, it's you do it for yourself. You free yourself up by forgiving. Now, of course, if it's someone that you're involved with in a relationship, that's a whole different scenario, which oh. I want to discuss after Jim tells us. I have a couple questions about what I remember Jim saying last time. But, Jim, I want to turn the mic over to you for you to explain forgiveness from a sage's point of view, Wait, from the already... sage's point of view. For, for given one's point of view. <laughs> okay. So um, you just did the first part of my, a little bit of the first part of my thing. So you're, you're telling me what you think it means, which is what I want to hear. But I'd like to hear is uh, thinking back on, a t- on an, an instance when you forgave someone. Oh, you want you me to sh- think about it right now or yes, talk about yes. it? Yes, yes. Yes, and that, that I, I want an instant. Excuse me, wait, 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 wait. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't talk. <laughs> yes. This instance, this, it has to be something that you're willing to share so it isn't like a revelation of anything that's – and the details of it. Because we're probably going to dig into that as we're moving through this. Do you want me to tell you something that I have forgiven someone for or something that I have not forgiven someone for? I want, I want the act of forgiveness. Okay. Um, and if you can't find one, it means you're in trouble. <laughs> I'm trying to think of what I want to share, not not one yeah, I want yeah. one that um you know and people look to me for answers and everything. Um, that I want to share. Um, there's a few that I haven't forgiven. I realize that now. <laughs> okay. Well, let me, it looks like Paul may have come up with one. So do you, okay, do you have Paul, one, Paul? I do. So you want to share? Yeah, for me, my, uh, my first uh, marriage ended really badly when I first moved to New York City. And I would have people ask me questions and say, um, so what happened? Are you still in contact with her? What do you, you know, blah, blah, blah. And my response early on always was, I wish her nothing but the best, and I'm going to keep on saying that until it becomes true. So eventually, because I was willing to say it, even though I didn't mean it, saying I forgave her, saying I let go, eventually did become true, and I was able to let go. Um, my wife, 
my my new wife now has a similar story because she she wants to get on the show all the time. I have to whisper because she's in the room, so she wants to give advice and, and say when she uh, right she before come on any time. The other room, you know? No, no, I told her she can't. Uh, she can come on any time. <laughs> but she said um, right before uh, we were introduced. Um, she had had a really bad breakup and it was six months into the, the end of the breakup afterwards. And she finally had a conversation with one of her girlfriends on a Friday night and said, you know what? I forgive him and I welcome it as a learning experience, but I'm letting him go and I'm ready to move on. On Sunday, we were set up for our first blind date. So forgiveness in these situations, it does let you go. It, it does, does free you up. Yeah. Yeah. It frees up your energy well, to accept the new things okay. coming in. If you no. hold on to grievances, you're holding on to that negative energy and there's no room to let anything else. <clears throat> I agree. To me, you're just mixing up and creating chapsui out okay. of all these great ideas, but it's chapsui <laughs> and you're calling it forgiveness. And I'm, I think it's chapsui. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Okay, because you're talking about letting go, for example. Now, you, you know people that have been in your life that did things that really offended you, and you won't let go. Or you might let go, but letting go isn't forgiving. You won't let that person back into your life. But that's if you're not letting them back in because you're angry at them, you're no, still, no, no. that's not well, letting no, go. It's, I'm, I'm not saying angry. I'm saying okay. you won't let them back in your life because they did something. And it was not but, forgivable, but you're not going to hold on to the toxin. You're not going to hold on to the anger. You don't have to hold on to that stuff. You can just say, done with him. That's forgiveness. Right. The that's what Paul is not forgiveness. Before. That's letting go. Forgiveness is repairing a relationship. I don't see that in the definition here. <laughs> okay. It's implicit. It's implicit. And that definition, by the way, is, is, not the Oh, I disagree. I have forgiven excuse many me, people that me. I'm never, I'm never going to okay. let into my life under any circumstance. Okay. You you don't know anybody that that has gone so far as to as to do something wrong that you would just never close the door on. Sure, I've closed many doors. But okay, I, but I, you've forgiven them. People. Um, I think you've let go. But I will I think never. You've let go. I thought you just said that we, what Paul said was, whatever we, Paul or I said was letting go, not forgiving or something. That's, that's, that's what I'm trying doing. to say. The, the whole idea of letting go is I'm not going to hold on to the, the anger. I'm not going to hold on to the toxic feelings that I have about that. I'm not even going to hold on to the person. I'm just dropping all of that out of my life. That's letting go. Okay? Got Dad, it? We're listening. Because, because... Forgiveness involves how I want to be, relate to this person in the future. Letting go says I don't want to relate to this person in the future. Forgiveness is how I treat people that I want to keep a relationship with. What school of thought are, are you coming from that that's part of that definition for you? It's, because it's, it's all over psychology when they talk about forgiveness. There's, so forgiveness there's lots of people. There's within more, psychology there's, and, your, and your definition means we have to repair the relationship and still have a relationship with the situation or the person that caused us harm? That's the reason that you would have forgiveness for a person. I disagree. 
Well, well, I know you do, but that doesn't mean you're right. (laughs) No, let me interject here. There in psychology, I mean, like if I'm working with couples or I'm working with whatever, you know, more Mm -hmm. than one person, Mm -hmm. and one person has hurt another person, and there's a committed relationship that they want to fix. That does involve what Jim is explaining and talking about, which is the kind of forgiveness, which actually is, I always talk about having this deep emotional connection with somebody and having that, those deep heart-to-heart conversations. To be able to offer forgiveness to someone that you love and truly let go of your feelings of hurt and um, any negative or whatever it is, is, is truly a way to bring two people together. In fact, I made reference to this in the script. There's a, uh, a psychologist, Dr. Rich Nicastro, that specializes in this. And he has a book called Hurt by the One You Love, The Power of Forgiveness in Intimate Relationships. And it deals very much in the scenario that Jim is, that I, I believe Jim is talking about, about being able to forgive in order to let them back in. There are many I mean, there's, that's you're, you're an intimate. Up. You're breaking up. Sorry. I don't know. I don't know what to do with about it at okay. this point. Um, is it better when I'm closer FAB. to the mic? Is it better when I'm closer to the mic? Could be. Could be. Yeah. It's hard to say. All right. So um, <laughs> we're going to have to do this um, until I figure this out, but I do see a red light is going off on this every now and then, and I don't know why. Okay. Did I just break up? No. All right. And you need to put the bike on something solid because every time you, you touch it to anything, it will. You can bring it up close to you, but just put it on something solid so it doesn't shake around. There you go. Try that. And now you can see all you can see all the lights on the mic. So yeah. that'll okay. So, so there is a there is a school of psychology that does address that, and that is a particular type of forgiveness in a committed or intimate relationship. Because truly, I mean, he even talks about in his book, you know, which I think is like ultimate you know, the worst thing is cheating. You know, what do you do if a partner has an affair? And he does have methods to enable you to forgive and let go and work through it because you have a choice. Are you willing to throw it all away or are you willing to work it through and have a truly meaningful relationship? So there is a school of thought that, that mimics what, what Jim is saying, but there's also a lot of school of thoughts that mimic what you and I are saying, Paul, as well. But go ahead, Jim. So there are several. Um, uh, Worthington and Dickard, uh, uh, Moore, uh, people like that have talked a lot about this. Um, in fact, they, they break it down to the point where forgiveness is one of the stages that you would go through in the process of bringing a person back into a healthy relationship in a, in, in, with you in a relationship. But is, well, is that defining forgiveness or is that an aspect of using forgiveness within that process? That's the point. That, because because I can't imagine forgiving someone because for me, forgiving, forgiving means bringing them back into a place of trust or working in that direction. Let's put it that way. Okay. I, I, I can see that and I, I appreciate that. But what if it's not appappropriate for you to continue a relationship with them and you still need that. to let go? You still need to stop then feeling angry and resentful. You use, you use the key word. That's what I do. I let go. 
that goes. Okay. So you're saying that's not true so forgiveness because the, the definition. Let me give you some definitions so we can be precise about how we talk about this because we're 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 chop sueying, you know. So uh, for example, um, forgiveness is the process of deciding you want to have a person still in relationship with you even though they've offended you. Where do you see that definition? I'm not seeing that anywhere. Okay, I will give you the link where you can find it. Yeah, because if I if I just look up def, define forgiveness, I'm getting a very simple definition. Yes, because and I'm I looking feel at like, the Webster's Dictionary definition, which right, is which, kind of kind of a, a a way of looking at it, which is kind of a common wisdom, but it isn't necessarily the wisdom that is the basis of the word. The word forgiveness, if you look back in Hebrew and Greek and Aramaic and places like that, you'll find it it's largely about you know, how you deal with people who are in debt with you or people who have done something that's unlawful and how they should be punished or not punished. Right. So if you forgive a debt, which we do today, forgiving a debt is a process of releasing someone from their responsibilities as far as that's concerned. If you, if you forgive uh, a prison sentence, it's a pardon. Again, See? it's nothing to do with, with you know, all of this other stuff about reconciliation and all that stuff is just letting someone off the hook. Okay. The, so, so. the, the ultimate act, though, of forgiveness, there's two that I can quote. One is somebody that I knew whose brother was killed by this person, mm-hmm. and this person, you know, was, was caught, went to jail, and he was struggling so much with his, he meaning my friend, was struggling so much with his own anger that he made a conscious decision that he was going to go to the prison and tell this man that he forgave him for Mm -hmm. for what he did. I mean, I have the chills just saying it. I mean, that to me was the ultimate ultimate indication or the ultimate, you know, way of forgiving. And the other thing that comes to mind is, Many years back in the Amish country, there was a yeah. um, shooter was that went. I think was it was Mennonite. Mennonite. I th- I'm not Whichever sure. Whichever it was yeah. in, in Pennsylvania, um, mm-hmm. the shooter came to a school and killed a lot of the children. And I remember the families took in the, not literally took in, but gave such love and support and understanding and compassion to the wife of the right the guy that right. is beyond anything that I could do. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. I mean, that to me is the ultimate in forgiveness, which uh, is beyond what I could do. Okay. What I think um, I could do. So there's, to, to me, there's a process and this is the way I've kind of understood it from my readings uh, in, in, in my life, as well as my readings recently to, to document it. Um, um, there's, Forgiveness is involved in the idea of wanting to, to, to resolve. To, basically, what they say is forgiveness is the stopping of hostilities between two people. Who says that? Who's, who says that? I'm just curious. Um, the, the Worthington and Drinkard. Dictionary? No, not dictionary. Those are two... To theoretical psychologists. It's in positivepsychology.com that I found this interesting idea. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, they talk about two, two primary ways. They talk about uh, uh, forgiveness being 
uh, they have to bring hostilities to an end first. That is why nations declare ceasefire and truce. Only if there's agreement to end hostilities is made will progress be made towards reconciling. Because reconciling is the true purpose of forgiveness, which is why I'm talking about it as being something you do to someone that you want to have or for someone that you want to have in relationship with you. So does so, that mean if, if I don't want these people in my life anymore, I'm not truly forgiving them? I you have don't need to, to reconcile with them. You have no purpose for it. And so you, you, you agree to stop hostile action. You're going to communicate. You're going to make a contract. That's the reconciliation. And then you're going to start trusting each other at that point because you've got a reason to trust because you have a contract. So you have reconciliation, you, and then you have letting go following that. But letting go can happen without all that because if a person does something terrible to you and you have no way to interact with them, you can still let go. Letting but go is just you, you can't forgive truly unless you have a continued relationship with them. That you've yeah. rebuilt the trust. Is There's that no what you're reason saying? to forgive someone unless that person is someone that you want to have close to you. But forgiveness is not for the other person. It's for me right. to let go I of agree. that anger right. and resentment. It's, it's not for them. Then why would in I my ask mind. you for forgiveness? Okay. Why would I ask you for forgiveness? Well, I, you're not the asking. The people he I have be... to forgive have never asked for forgiveness. I have to forgive okay. them because whether they, they ask for it or not, I have to let go of my feelings of anger and resentment towards them in then order for me to go. be. Yeah, well, that, you, I, you call I call that forgiveness. The same word. So I wake up one thing with the same with two words. It could well, be either I, forgiveness or letting go. I can let go of somebody and still hate them and wish them harm. So that's not letting go is not forgiveness. It's not the same. It's thing not letting me. go. You're holding on to anger. You're holding well, if on I, to. If I let them go and I don't have them in my life anymore, I've let them go, right? Like no, I think we're getting, <laughs> we're getting we're so getting tied up in like our own definitions of things that we're missing the bigger picture. Where uh, the difference for or, me is if if you, I you could be I, not not accepting the terms that I'm trying to teach you. Okay. Well, I feel like you're, you're saying my definition is, is chop suey because I'm, I'm mixing things you're, together. I feel like you're adding with the psychological approach that you're adding so many uh, layers and, and depth to the process. Thought. No, it's it. one school of thought. There's many other schools of thought that agree that forgiveness is about you and letting it go because the only person that you hurt is yourself by holding on, which is part of letting go. But many people can't let go until they consciously make that decision to forgive. Right. Mm-hmm. To let go. All right. This is a great conversation. I love this. But let's get into some calls here. We are, <laughs> we've already ate up half the first hour. <laughs> All right. I would like to – I see there's a caller here that called in last week, and we did not take her call. Um, can we start with her? Yeah, go ahead. Um, well, you could you could okay. take the call. Hi. Is this Kay? Is this Kay? Yes, correct, correct. Hi, welcome, welcome, Kay. <laughs> Thank you. I've been trying I'm, forever I'm, to get in your queue. Never I'm, been able to speak to you. I'm so sorry. We, we weren't able to you. get to you earlier. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm thank glad, you. I'm glad you're on now. How can we help you? What's, what's your story? What's going on? I just wanted to know um, if you see... Um, any something coming up in my love life? I'm currently single, and um, just wanted to know if there's somebody in if there is a description that would be great. Oh, you're looking at me. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> For an answer here. All right. Um, yeah. 
I'm just scanning your energy, Kay, to see um, what I pick up. I was waiting for more of a story, so that would give me more time to zoom in on your energy. All right. So um, the, I, I feel somebody quite a bit in the future for you. It's not somebody that I feel is going to be entering your life like, you know, in the next month or two months or three months. But the person okay. that I'm picking up is, um, I would say, definitely a soul-level connection for you and definitely someone that, you know, you can either build a future with or, um, you know, you may end up with. Um, I know you asked for a description, and what my guides are saying to me is what they feel you want to know. So I'm going to say that first, then I'll zoom in on if I could give you any more of a description. They're telling me, um, first and foremost, there is a an openness in his heart, like a, um, trying to think there's a vibrancy in his heart. They're saying an openness in his heart, but to me it feels like he radiates love. I mean, he's, he's a genuinely good person. He feels like he's honest. He's um, really down to earth and grounded, but he feels like, um, you know, like one of those magical people that when you're around, you could just feel that love and goodness and that generosity and that good nature um, just radiating from him. So he feels like an extraordinarily good guy. I feel like there's going to be a tremendous emotional connection that the two of you have. And what I also feel in the energy is um, in this way that his energy comes through, like he's the center of this glowing, radiating love, you're going to become part of it. It's, it's almost like you become a team in a way of of you know you sort of bond with him in a tremendous way and regardless if you have that same nature or not you're going to become what he is in that very generous giving loving open supportive nature um and that's all there in his energy um i feel that he's very much a family man he shows me that the family unit is like a primary importance to him um, and I feel, you know, I, I'm, I'm very hesitant in saying what I'm about to say to you um, right now because of COVID and so many mandates and layoffs and people leaving jobs and everything. But when I look at his energy right now, he feels like he's got a great job. He feels like he's successful. He feels like a businessman. Um, I do feel he's got investments on the side. So there's some sort of investment, either financial or real estate or some other kind of investments that he does on the side. He's a very shrewd businessman. But when I say shrewd, I don't mean in a negative way. I mean, he's a smart, smart businessman. And he feels like he's got a great career. The reason why I hesitate in saying that is so much is happening and changing that, um, you know, I, I don't know what he's, how things are going to be in a year or so when you actually meet this guy. Um, so overall, it feels like you've got, you know, somebody that you're back. Um, he's extremely supportive, caring, family man um, headed your way. I would say it's greater than a year. I'm feeling more like 18 months to two years um, in actually 
meeting him. But the one thing that my guides are saying is that, um, and I'm listening to them right now, um, there's a couple ways that you could kind of speed up that process um, as far as when you're going to meet them. And I don't know if you said it, but I feel it in your energy that you kind of feel like you're ready to to draw in the right person. But what my guides are saying is there's still like residue and debris there that you do need to work through in order to to really get to the point that you're going to draw him in. This is truly the connection that I feel with you true with you too is truly what I would say almost a once in a lifetime scenario and let me tell you I work with people all the time and I rarely feel the kind of connection that I'm feeling here um so what my gut feeling is you have to clear out some what are we talking about today forgiveness letting go it's about clearing out some of that old stuff and really being in that pure state of really being ready to allow this new person to come into your life um, when was the last time you were in a relationship? Because it feels like there was a relationship. I don't know that you're holding on to the person, but you're holding on to what to me feels like the either the hurt or the trauma from the relationship. And that's what I feel my guides are really referring to. Um, <clears throat> uh, that was like about three years ago. The person tried to reconnect, but then that was a relationship that I cut off completely. I don't want to be with somebody who constantly lies and doesn't. At first, I thought I didn't give the person opportunity. Then I decided to give them opportunity because I thought it was my fault. However, there were things that I recognized uh, to me. Um, if you're lying constantly, it's not something I can do. I'd rather be alone than to be with somebody who is lying or just doesn't manipulate um, so it's no, um, but I, so but I feel you, you just answered, you just really answered the whole dilemma right here. And it, it ties in perfectly with what we're talking about today. Mm-hmm. That's I believe what, you said was what I was talking about. You defined your boundaries. You basically said, I'm not doing this anymore. This isn't for me, which is great. But I feel there's a part that you missed, and that part is either, and I don't know if we're going to call it forgiveness or letting go, whatever mm-hmm. it is. In this instance, you don't want him back in your life. So I guess it's in Jim's terms here, letting go. But I feel there's layers in your energy that there are wounds there, and there it's almost like you're on high alert, that you've got tackles out, and you're... You know, the first thing anybody does wrong, you're going to be ready for them this time. I'm not letting that happen again. And it's almost (laughs) like I feel that in your energy. And that I feel is something that you, you, you don't need to. But if you chose to work through that and kind of get yourself to that point where you become the center of your own universe and you become the strength and nobody's going to knock you down no matter what they do. And you could just kind of, you know, say next and move on and not worry about it and be in that that more um, centered and grounded and um, maybe emotionally secure mode, which I don't quite feel you're there. So does that, do you get what I'm saying? Does that? Um... No, I, I get it. I, I understand because I had somebody contact me. Another person contacted me recently and I felt like they weren't just, 
they were kind of like, I think they wanted to go on a date, but they weren't being direct, and I just had to, like, like I had to cut them out, you know. I'm like, uh, I don't have time to play. So I, I get what you're saying. Right. <laughs> but where I want you to come from is not that wounded part. You're still coming from a wounded part is try to try to find ways to work through those hurts and those traumas okay. so this way you're coming from a pure place of loving yourself and I right. do feel a distinct difference in the fact that you're protecting yourself but you're coming from a place of being hurt and wounded so if that if you get what I'm saying do it if you mm-hmm. don't then reach out to me and and I'll explain it further all right Thank you so much. Thank you. You're very much, Kay. Good luck to you. Happy New Year. Thank you. Happy New Year. Thank you. That really tied in perfectly. So you would call that what? Letting go, right? I would call it letting go. Yeah. In your terms. So in my terms, yes, she has to let it go. But in order to be able to let go, she has to forgive because the person who's getting, that person is long gone. That's a perfect example. He's long gone. He's doing his own thing. It's holding her back. So Mm -hmm. the only way she's going to be able to not let it hold her back is to do inner work. I mean, there's more than just forgiving here. There's Mm -hmm. doing inner work and understanding why she put up with it and why she was drawn to that. Mm-hmm. Um, because now what she's doing is she's defa- she's defined her boundaries very strongly, which I'm very delighted to hear mm-hmm. and very respectful of. Right. But um, I believe she's holding herself back too by being yeah. on that high high caution, high alert mode, that hyper vigilant kind of state of mind. So, Jim, what do you think about all that? Um, I I like I said before, it was, it's I'm looking for a precision around the use of these terms because that helps me to be able to, to use them more effectively. So that's, that's why I'm, I'm talking the way I am about forgiveness because I hear forgiveness and letting go being used as the same idea. And so I have to ask, what's the difference? Why do we have two words for this one concept? You know? Oh, I believe um, they're different, but I, I, I definitely believe they're different. I think letting go and forgiving are two different things. I could let go of somebody and get and not, never let them back in my life, which is, I believe, what Kay did, and not uh-huh. forgive them. Exactly. You could Jim, do that. Just to reinforce, you're saying by um, still holding on to the resentment and anger, even though you've let them go out of your life, you haven't truly let go because those emotions very- are still... You're very attached to them because those emotions, the emotions tie you, link you in. If you think of the kahunas, they talk about emotions being the threads that attach us to things. And this is an emotion that keeps me attached to something. So, no, I haven't let them go until I've released anything. So what, what's you the know, term then just for getting somebody out of your life? If that's not letting go, what would you call that? It's defining like, your boundaries. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. No, it's good that's to define it. these terms so we just, know what we're... Yeah. You just brought up something, and in fact, you had sent us uh, maybe a week ago that thing about attachment and detachment. Mm. I think that's a great topic for a future show. I sure. mean, Jim just brought it up, and I think that's our biggest problem is that attachment. In fact, I'm reading a book right now. Uh, it's called Attachment, and it's basically an attachment style. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, 
there are different styles of it. There could be a very secure, there's anxious, there's avoidance, and then there's a combination thereof. And based on experiences from your childhood, we adopt this way of life, this way of sort of being in a relationship. And I haven't gotten far enough to really know what the relationships are. But that's just attachment in a relationship. I think we get attached to things. We get attached to emotions. We get attached mm-hmm. to a lot of stuff. Right. So our I think ways, that's our own ways topic. of doing things, Absolutely. our, our, yes. our rituals, our patterns. Yes. We're very attached to our, our routines. Well, they, they define us yeah. in many ways. Absolutely. Not, not all the attachments do, but many, many of them do. So that's right. Let's take another um, caller here. We don't want to run out okay. of time like last week. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we seem... took one call after the other last week. We didn't even. I know talk. we still yeah. didn't get them all. We, do we have yeah. a lot of callers tonight? We do. We're, we do. We have we a lot do. of calls okay. tonight. All right. So Dion has something else also related to our our question, our topic. So okay, let's, let's, let's take her. Time. Yep. Hello, Dion. Are you there? Hi. Thanks for taking my call. I'm really oh. enjoying the show. Great. Oh, great. Great. How, how uh, what's what's your uh, issue with forgiveness? Okay, so I had something done to me by a group of people, and I struggled for a long time because I wanted justice to be, you know, it was illegal what happened, and it left me in a bad spot. And for years, I tried and tried to get, you know, justice, and it just never came. Like, basically, they got away with it, and I realized at some point that this was just, really hurting me, hurting my health, hurting my mind, you know, hard for me to move on because I just wanted them to pay for what they did. And so what I did was um, I just let it go. You know, I just kept saying every time it came up, you know, I'm just going to let it go. You know, the past is in the past. I can't change it because I struggled with that whole word forgiveness. Like I could never, I would never forgive these people for what they did, but I also need to move on and forgive myself for wasting like any more time. Because I know a lot of people are like, oh, you know, never give up, keep fighting. Yeah, but at some point when it starts affecting your health and stuff, Mm -hmm. like you just have to like let it go. Um so, like, I do agree with what you were saying, that it's such a fine line, because it's like, no, I I don't want to, I want to let go of the feelings, but I can't let it go from my mind of what happened, for the same reason that you stated earlier. Like, if I offer them forgiveness, would they ever try to come back into my life? It's not possible, right? So, so that's, according to Jim, not forgiveness, that's letting go then, absolutely. according to his terms. Yeah, but where I struggled with it was that the justice part, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, I understand. Yeah. I, I get it. I, I'm about, when you're finished with your story, I'm going to share a story of, of something I went through and um, that I didn't really want to talk about, but maybe it'll be a healing process to talk about it that I struggle with. I'm, I'm, in, I'm sort of in the same exact boat that you're in with something. But so do you have a question or, or did you just call in to share? I mean, my question was, is like, how do I, or do, do you feel like I'm making 
like like have I made a difference in my energy because I work on I've been working on this for years mm-hmm. and um just you know I had to let go of it because it was just hurting me you know it was hurting my affecting my health and everything so, so, so I, the, I, when I you know. I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt when when you say you're letting go exactly what does that mean you're deciding like not, not to engage pursuing, it anymore Right, I'm not engaging in it anymore. I'm not pursuing the okay. justice end of it like but that. You're, but you're not letting go of the feelings. Right. No, I am. Like when I when I when that comes up, when it comes yeah. up, what happened? Uh-huh. I just say, you know what? I let this go. I'm I like Good. you know I'm not going to let this affect me and mm-hmm. just keep moving on. Excellent. All right. So, could I give my perspective of things? Do it. Go for it. <laughs> All right. So. What I feel you do when you do that, when you try to tell yourself you're not feeling something that you truly are feeling, is, first of all, you're not hearing yourself, and you're actually separating energetically from yourself, and you're not validating yourself. I feel a more powerful way of doing it is to say, you know, it still bugs me, and then start understanding why it still bugs you, and work through those underlying layers of why it still bugs you because resistance and I believe we've done a show on resistance when you do when you have resistance what when you go to the gym and you do resistance training what happens you build stronger muscles so when you start resisting a feeling that you truly have about something you're going to that feeling isn't going to go away it's going to get stronger and stronger and keep coming to the surface just like Sometimes what we need is just somebody to say, um, you know, I appreciate you or, you know, you're special or something. We need that validation. So my feeling is that facing it and dealing with those emotions that are under there rather than trying to bury them is a more effective technique because that resolves the problem rather than what I feel if – just like if I'm feeling anger and I say to myself, now nah, I got to let that go. I got to forget about that, the way this person hurt me. But I, it still keeps coming up. It means there's something underneath that hasn't been resolved. And that's my point, that if it still comes up after several years, there's something deeper in there. And you're not really letting go. You're, you're denying yourself the validation that you need to figure out why I like when I work with people I help them figure out the why's so that it's a totally autonomous process of letting what I call letting go so they 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 it's like they let go and they end up having almost gratitude in their energy for having the experience and that to me is true healing when you tell yourself all right, it didn't really bother me or I'm not going to let it bother me. It's affecting my health and stuff. You're not really resolving the underlying issues. So let me, let me say one thing, though. There is a, um, a uh, field in psychology called cognitive behavioral therapy, and that works solely on your thoughts rather than your beliefs. So that's like at the polar opposite of what I just described. With cognitive behavioral therapy, they would do just what you're doing, which is trying to convince yourself. Paul said it earlier. He said he kept saying to himself that he 
wished his ex-wife, his first wife, the best of everything, and he forgave her for everything, and he wished her well, and all this other stuff, and he said it till he believed it. That's cognitive behavioral therapy. That's the technique. There's different techniques that you use, but that's the fundamental premise behind it. I thought it it was just BSing myself. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I didn't know it had a a fancy name. That too. For me, it doesn't work. Behavioral, uh, cognitive behavioral therapy doesn't work because I'm a firm believer in it's our beliefs, not our thoughts that drive everything in our lives. But for you, it worked. You have a different belief structure than I have. So you allowed that to work. Wasn't that my thought process, though? Like I thought it, and then that thought became reality for me because I I gave myself the ability to envision the possibility that I did wish her well, even when I didn't feel that way. But I I wonder if that's a way of of brainwashing yourself. I did. I I brainwashed myself, but it worked. (laughs) Right. Right. But does that really resolve the underlying issues? I don't know. I still think they're all there. And that's what I mean. When you bury this stuff, eventually it comes to the surface. So, Dion, what I, what I really want to say to you is your energy does not feel bad to me. It absolutely doesn't feel bad. I don't feel that you have totally resolved the underlying issues. I feel you've got a decent handle on being able to control your own feelings and emotions about this situation, but I still feel it lingers. And I still feel it lingers. It has a deep enough grasp on you that made me want to say everything I said to you about working on some of the underlying issues. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. I hope we were of help help to you. You good? Yeah. Yeah, That's good. Thanks. Uh, All right. You're very welcome. All right. Take care. Bye. All right. So I made mention of something that I wanted to talk about, and that's – with the situation that I had with the dogs um, uh, in 2019, in October of 2019, Chanel, who was four years old, um, I'm not allowed because we settled and I'm not allowed to tell everything, but she had an issue. um, A vet totally misdosed her and did something which ended up killing her. Mm-hmm. And then I took her to other, other university vets and they totally misdiagnosed her again. And then I finally got her to Ohio State who properly diagnosed her and they did surgery, but it was too late. She died right. of sepsis. So you know that even today I was saying it's, because she ended up dying on January 4th of 20, I guess it was 2019 she died. So that must have been 2018. Yeah. Yeah. That was 2018. That, that, that was the year started. I, I was in Asheville. I visited you that year. That's right. Oh, all right. So that's how long it was already? Wow. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so I... I know because like just I was lying in bed last night after Mike texted me at 1 a.m. to ask me if I want to go on the motorcycle. I'm sitting there and report that that to the board. Should I do it? And I did look it up. There's no limit on how long. And the attorney that I used because I, I did get my money back and I got all the money back that I spent on that particular dog. Mm-hmm. 
um, because, I mean, she caused me to have to go to three different vets, and that, that was ten, not tens of thousands of dollars, but it was like $12,000. Um, I don't think I was supposed to say that amount, but I did. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but, but bottom line is um, I, I did check with that attorney, and she said he, there was nothing in the agreement that I signed that says I can't report her to the board. So clearly, I, I'm surviving and I'm trying to deal with it, but I got bombarded with numerous other pets dying because of something someone else did. So it's like I've got two traumas in two areas. One, the person my dogs, and then all the vets that made stupid mistakes and didn't listen. And the irony is I was telling them what was wrong. I'm a psychic. I know my dogs. I looked it up. I found it. And nobody would believe me. Mm. So I clearly haven't let go or forgiven. Mm-mm. Right. And who's getting hurt difference? by me? What's the difference? What um, do you feel when you say let I go forgave, versus difference? If I forgave, I feel I could let go. I feel I would have to forgive the woman. Look, I have plenty mm. of notes here about in an intimate relationship, forgiveness is about compassion. Put yourself in that other person's place. What I look at is when I was going to breed one of my dogs and I ended up not doing it because of the holidays and we couldn't coordinate things. One of the so-called specialty vets they gave me was her name. Did that Mm -hmm. ever cringe? And I was thinking to myself, you have the audacity to market yourself. You don't even know. I mean, you know, I've got a good vet up north, and she looked at all the records, and she literally told my attorney this vet was an idiot, an absolute idiot, an imbecile. Um, so, Lady Fontaine, where do you feel like, call it what you want, forgiveness, letting go, or whatever, there, there's a process here for yourself that you need in order to heal. Where, where are you... Um, when when are you ready to do that though? I mean, it's like you have to do it on your time. I don't know. Jim, what do you think? Like when when it, how can you help somebody get get past it and move forward and I let think, go so they can heal? I think you touched on it talking to Lady Fontaine. I think you touched on it when you said justice, and this is a term that's also come up a lot in the conversation around forgiveness. If you feel like somebody should pay for something that's going on that happened, that means you want justice. And if you want justice, then you don't want forgiveness. It just doesn't happen. Then I want justice. Yeah. And I got it. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. That's why justice department's out there. Right. You know, right. The courts of law are there to, the civil courts are are there for, for us to be able to, to approach that. And that's, that may be the plan you have to take in order to. I did already. Forward. And yeah. we settled, we settled, mm-hmm. but I haven't, that wasn't enough for me because she killed my dog. Yeah. A so four you year need, old dog. You, 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 at this point, your choices are more justice. Which or I'm considering. Processing or, what, why you need justice. Is that right? Just revenge like at this point though. I mean, what's, what's justice if it's not well, balance. Or have you not getting, got full justice? Is there a balance yet? She shouldn't be practicing. When, when I go to a vet and they tell me she's a specialist in that particular area when she right. killed my – and, again, I have a real specialist up north who says she's an for not 
being able to it was an easy diagnosis there were there were external signs and there were internal she did an ultrasound there were internal signs she missed them both she was an imbecile and 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 it cost the life of a four-year-old dog that was my emotional support dog for me being right. a 9-11 survivor. So that was a real tough one. Right. So, so you're, you're going to choose to go after her license? Yes. Uh-huh. I think I'll feel good after that. But I know that they won't take her license away. Oh, you right. don't know that. You don't know that. <laughs> you only know that after they haven't done it. You know what I mean? Right. But I don't think they would. And you may find that there are other people who have similar problems with that right. with that vet and, and forming a class action suit would make it a lot easier. Even if it was a, sh- I, a small I can't one. sue now because I signed that I was I settled so I can't sue, but I could go up the my attorney said I could go to the board. Well yeah. There's can, no limitation in time to go yeah. to the board. So you can you can in go to the state, board in this with state. a with a with a crowd of people who have also suffered from that vet's right. ineptitude. Right. Okay, so that's that's a different question then. So that's that's one way to go. Uh, and that's and one I think way that, that would make you feel better because I do believe in justice and I do yeah. believe in balance. There has mm-hmm. to be a balance. I because she, I got my money back, didn't bring my dog back. Right, right. So where's the justice in that? That's that's purely financial damages. It's not right. not much not much there for your for your feelings. Right. And there was no pain and suffering because the state considers a dog a, a, a possession. Mm-hmm. Right. It's not, you know, certain other states could give you, you know, up to, say, $10,000 or whatever the number is. This state is not one of them. But, um, you know, so um, right. at that point, I have or gotten or let go of. So that's, it's an interesting point because ideal, ideal. you can't, you can't get to a point of, of, of reconciliation until you've gotten past your need to have justice. And that works in any situation where you've been offended. Where, well, when uh, you, you say you reconciliation, have... I don't ever want anything to do with this woman. I think exactly. she deserves to be in jail. Exactly. I understand. And, and the fact that you're looking for justice is proof of that. And forgiveness is out of the question because it can't happen if they're still seeking justice. Right. So then I should report her to and the board. The way, this, the way this shows up in relationships, interestingly enough, is the sniping thing, you know, where is you'll do what? something, the sniping thing. Where what does that mean? Will, will poke at those things that, that, that you, you did to them. Oh. They'll, just, they'll, they'll, they'll bring them up in the most inconvenient times or in the most uh, in, in unpleasant ways uh, as a way to kind of make you, I don't know, upset about it. <laughs> Uh, and so I know what you mean, right? That's a form of justice. That's a form of that person attempting to make you pay for what they did, right? And that for obviously is they haven't let go of it. But see, that's not healthy. If you're in a relationship, <laughs> there are techniques to 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 use to be able to forgive and be able to move on. Um, I'm not, you know, I mean, if you kill somebody, that to me is beyond. But what what was the example I gave you before of two people that I admire? two instances that I admire so much that involve human death. And I said to you, I couldn't do it. I couldn't, can't do it with a dog, much <laughs> less doing it with a person. Right. right. Let's, um, let's get another call in here. 
Okay. But thank you for sharing. I know that's a, a, a rough story. We've talked about yeah. it before, and um, we know how hard it is to bring back up. Okay. We've got someone here. Let's just talk to her. Hi, Maria. Yes. Maria, Hi. you there? Hi. Yes. Are you, yes. Are you on yes. speakerphone? Yes. Would you please pick up your phone instead of using speakerphone? Yes. It I makes it very difficult yes. to talk. Thank you. Are you there? Yes. Okay, great. Um, so, so uh, can you tell us what your story is? What's going on? I want to know if my daughter going to get the job from home. You want to know if your daughter's going to get a, jo- a job from home, working yes, from home? Yes. Uh huh. Yes. What's your daughter's name? Can you tell us? Kat. Sherry. Kerry. Sherry. Okay. So are you asking, Maria, is your daughter going to get one of those total work-from-home jobs, or are you asking if she's going to get a job where she can work from home? There's a difference. I think she, my daughter going to work from home. My daughter is not working right now. She, my daughter is going to work from home or find a job. She can work from home. Um, um, I'm not feeling right away that that's going to happen. I'm not going to eliminate it from being a possibility, but I'm not feeling uh, right now she's necessarily going to, um, I mean, is she actively looking for work? She was looking for but is she looking for work that yes. is specifically work from home? Yes. Yeah, I think that's going to be very hard for her to find something that she really likes. Um, I think if she had a job that required her to go into the office or, or business place and they would put possibly – allow her to work from home on certain occasions, I think that's much more likely. But um, I'm just not finding a work-from-home job in her future, in the immediate future for her. And I think uh, the kind of job, uh, what's, her, what's her issue with going into the office right now? Is it COVID-related? Yeah, for this minor situation and the for the virus, you know. Right. I think most companies would be would be understanding of her wanting to work from home. And that see if if you ask me the question, is she gonna get a job with her allow her to work from home? I have a different answer for you. If you're asking yeah, me, I don't lot of work in your home. You can tell me, please. What did she say, Jim? Did you hear? No, you I couldn't hear that. I'm sorry. I say she, she can find. She, my daughter, she's going to find job to work home. It's the same question. Right, and it's the same so, answer. Could yeah, you maybe explain we, it? We can't, we can't elaborate that uh, uh, anymore. 
Um, uh, it sounds it sounds like uh, uh, it sounds like that's not going to be too easy. It's, it's going to require getting to uh, it's going to require going to work at times. I yes, I believe she needs to look for a regular job, and when she's interviewing, find out how flexible they are for her to work from home. And I believe she could find a job where a decent amount of the time she could work from home. But to look for a work from home job, I'm just not feeling it's going to be anything that's legit that really works for her. Okay, thank you. Okay, All thank right. you. Bye, bye, bye. All right, good luck. Uh, okay. All right, do you want to take another call? Um, yeah, let's take another one. All right, and then then we'll talk a little bit more. <clears throat> okay, Nathaniel. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you, Nathaniel? Good. Uh, I wanted to. I just uh, think I got a new job here. Uh, how do you think it's going to work out? So you you have you started the job? Yeah, they just called me today. I had an interview on the, on Zoom, and they said, "Well, come on in for the pre-boarding applications." For the what? The uh, pre-employment applications and oh. literature. But they haven't made the official job offer yet to you. I think they have, but I still have to make the, you know, I still have to do the background check and everything. Okay. Oh, well, all right. I mean, that should, uh, I, I would assume that's going to go relatively easy. Um, you, you would know better than yeah. anybody, right, Nathaniel? What did you say? That you would know if that's going to go okay or not more than the anyone. The background check. I'm not feeling snags. Uh, is there any reason to think... The background check isn't going to go well. Okay. I feel that will be a breeze. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm then, not... uh, I think the job's going to go good. They want me to be a real physical uh, as a security guard and handcuff people and run after people. Is that what that you do? Like <laughs> Is that what well, you normally I mean, do? Well, I'm a security guard, and uh, it's at a casino. And usually casinos, I don't know, but this guy seems like he's a real sticker. He he didn't really think that I would be good for the job, but he talked to the manager, and they said, go ahead with the pre-boarding applications and literature. Okay. Well, let me say this. If if they do make the, the official job offer and you get the job, I feel you're going to be able to do the job. Um you know, I, I really do. I kind of feel Lady, he's... Lady Fontaine, I'm sorry. You broke up on that answer. So try one more time. Try it again. Just try it All again. right. So so what, I'm, what I said was, um, I don't remember what I said. I just talk off the top of my head. Um, I feel if you get the job, if the job offer comes through and you start the job, I feel you're going to do fine with it. I would say feel good about it and do what they need you to do. I feel these guys come off more as sort of testing you and seeing how aggressive or how 
you know, how, how you're really going to respond to things. I feel you, you would do okay with the job. You may choose not to stay there and you may choose to leave, but I feel that would happen before they would fire you. Okay. Well, sounds good, Dandy. Think I'll, I'll, I'll be working in no time, huh? Well, there's, good, there's a good chance there'll be an opportunity for you. And let me say this, that if for some reason this opportunity doesn't come through for you, I actually feel something bigger or better for you that feels a little bit more aligned with you. But, you know, you'll see how it goes. But good luck to you. Keep your ears open. Okay, thank you. Thank All right. You. All right. All right. Is there anything else on forgiveness before we take more calls? That any other points you want to get across? Uh, well, uh, it works. It, it, it works like uh, a process. So the process of forgiveness would include the idea of resolving the need for justice. No longer trying to get that person to, you know, uh, uh, to finally admit that they're an idiot or something, no longer trying to punish them for what they've done. And instead, to the to, to, to two of you to uh, finally come to a place where you can start to talk. And then, uh, and this happens at all layers. And some of this happens immediately. Like, you know, the moment you, you realize that you need to, to, to find forgiveness uh, or that you need to, uh, uh, to, to forgive someone, uh, the next step uh, uh, is is to uh, stop being hostile, to uh, not to, no longer need justice, and finally to communicate. And that communication uh, is around assuaging the need for justice uh, on the on the victim's part, and and the, the offenders need to be heard. And so, confession, explanation, or methods typically used by both parties. Um, and both sides need to be patient and respectfully listening to each other. Um, finally, you arrive at the point of reconciliation where a contract is made. I used an example, for example, let's, let's say uh, my partner doesn't put the toothpaste cap back on the toothpaste every time right. they use it, and that gets me angry. And so I jab them about it and make fun of them. You never put the toothpaste And then eventually I arrive at a point where I, you know, this is this is really getting me crazy. I think I need to resolve this, and so at that point, we've gone past the justice stage, and and we're now at the communication stage, where I'll confront my partner and say, uh, we need to do something about this because it's really getting me crazy, uh, you know. And they say, you're right, I do this, and I and so that's confession. You're right, I do this, and this is what I need to to stop doing, and so they then they say, okay, I will from now on. Either I'll stop getting, I'll stop uh, using, I'll, I'll stop putting the cap on, and and if you see that I've, put, I've forgotten to put the cap on, then uh, remind me uh, gently. And so there's a negotiation, a contract that you build, and then at that point, there's a risk of reconciliation. You can you can move on. Uh, uh, both of you have something to depend on. The person who's offended can depend on the other person to put the cap back on, and if it doesn't happen, they have a resolution. They have something they can do to, to work with that. It's a contract, two-way two -way street. Both of you are protected to some extent. Unless it recurs and it's still offending you, then you have other choices to make. But the one really important point is 
forgetting. We always talk about forgive and forget in our culture, which is another myth in my mind. Uh, forgetting is not something I can do with my intention. I can't just say, oh, I'm going to forget that, and it goes away. It doesn't happen. Right, exactly. So you can't forgive and forget, and anybody who claims they are is lying or pretending. Most people can forgive, and most people never forget. Yes, yes. <clears throat> but one, one thing that you did say <clears throat> about the reconciliation part and whatnot, yeah. my feeling is if you're in that type of scenario where you're trying to resolve things, you do have to have empathy. You, and you, do, you do have to have empathy. Yes. And what, yes. there's one light that keeps, there's an amber light that Paul there's an amber light that keeps going off. It's like over here somewhere, and it keeps going off. That looks like your um, your input indicator. So if it's green, it's good. When it starts getting yeah, into it's amber, it's getting it's hot. If it hits red, you're uh, too loud or you're too close, and that's why it might be breaking up. But I don't know why it would drop now out. Now I'm red flashing. Now it was yeah, red Yeah, because you're banging it around. That's why. <laughs> now it's yep. amber. So now I need it further away. A little bit. All right. All right. So, something's so, getting it to overload. It might be uh, banging on the desk or it might be um, too close. We'll have to figure it out after the show. All right. So, but empathy to me is if you're in this, you're this desire to resolve things with someone. See, I would like to be able in the scenario I gave earlier is to mm -hmm. forgive and forget <laughs> mm -hmm. and move on. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, but I'm not there yet. And mm -hmm. I don't have, I, I, I have empathy for anybody who's a patient of or client of this, this woman. Mm -hmm. So um, regardless, it's not all about me, but empathy. I see if you're trying to resolve something with someone, you have to have empathy for that person and you have to think about their perspective of things. And also what I think is beneficial is times that people have cut you a break and forgiven you. And what, when I say that, what I think about is what you said about trust. Mm -hmm. Do you remember what you said about trust? Which time? The beginning of the show. The not today, not today. Another show a while ago you said to me trust is given you give trust up mm -hmm. front in and then if somebody defies your trust then you you, you deal with that right. and you're right. more cautious yeah. but you right. give trust up front and i mm -hmm. told you that i have a psychologist friend in the atlanta area who said to me jill can you imagine laying down trust as a cornerstone of a relationship because i feel trust is earned not given mm -hmm. And changed me between what he said and what you said. What greater gift could you give in a relationship but to offer that person your trust and not be on guard and saying, oh, well, something's going to happen here, so I can't trust you, and make them earn it. Just give it. And then if they screw it up, then you, you back off and you, you, re, you react accordingly. So I'm thinking forgiveness has to be something like that in a way. If you're in an intimate relationship with somebody that you want to resolve things with, you have to be have that willingness 
to give forgiveness up, not up front, but if somebody does something to you, otherwise you're in the same boat as right. you would be if you didn't trust somebody and you made them earn it. Because what you were saying about that jibbing or jabbing or whatever it is, um, it would be the same thing. That person would constantly give you reminders that mm-hmm. they're hurt sniping. and that it's sniping, whatever. Yeah. Um, so it kind of feels that you have to be able to be willing to offer trust and forgiveness. Now, granted, you have to talk things through and understand it. How, how would you be if somebody, um, if you're married, which you are, but if you're married and your partner had an affair, could you forgive that? Yeah, uh, I think I could. I think I could. Um, But it would take a lot of work between me and that person because I may have been doing something that triggered that person to do something. That's a wonderful way of looking at it. That really is a wonderful way. I need to get the, the air clear so that both of us can realize the underlying causes of what's going on and maybe we can find a reconciliation. That's my way of looking at it. So I would have to give it a chance. But at the same time, it's it's a challenge. Because it's a it deep, is deep, a deep betrayal of trust. Yeah. Deep it betrayal of trust. Paul, what do you say on that? Absolutely not. Yeah. I, nope. I hear you. Yeah, because it's, it hits close to home. I, I've been there um, very, you know, within the last 10 years. Uh, and it's like uh, there's no coming back from it for me. And I, I understand that. I don't know that I could be tolerant of that myself. I really don't know. Mine was about know. 30 years ago. Yeah. Yes. Second wife. Uh, Mine too. But I, I <laughs> I think that's a hard thing to come back from, but, you know, I guess it depends on the relationship and where you want to go with it and what you want to do with it. In your situation and your situation, both of your situations, were you at the end of the rope and was that the end of the relationship or did you continue on with resentment Uh, and hurt? Do you want to go first, Paul? Sure. Um, mine, without getting into too many details, um, was a breach of trust that had been negotiated, and we were very strong on our, our arrangement for what our trust was. And there were certain parameters for this uh, contract that we had, and uh, my uh, uh, former ex broke that with no remorse, and just I had there was nowhere to go from that for me. I was like. And so you walked away, or that yeah. was the end. Okay. Yeah, and pretty Im- immediate, you know, ended the relationship. But so, did you love her though? Yeah. Yeah. So that's that, just that which makes it a line. Which yeah, which makes it even harder it. to forgive. Like when it's it's hard to be upset with someone who breaks your trust that you don't love. You know, it's like oh well, who cares. But right, if it's somebody right. intimate with you that you really care about does something like that, uh, it's just it's really hard to bounce back from, especially if they don't ask for your forgiveness, if they don't care. You know, it's like that's that's mm-hmm. what makes it even harder, because oh, like that, you're saying, it has different. to be given, not earned. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's, at that point, it was like, well, what, what am I giving forgiveness to here? Because they, they're not asking for it and I don't feel like giving it. 
Right. They were, they didn't, right. It sounds like they didn't have any, you know, no empathy for what you, right. Or remorse or None, anything yeah. that you were, yeah, that would be hard. Yeah. I would go. Yeah. It was, it was right, somehow Jim. my fault that, that it happened. And maybe yeah, it so. was like Jim was saying, maybe there was underlying issues, but it doesn't matter. Right. Uh, underlying issues don't, someone, don't force a behavior that breaks your trust, you know, that you've agreed on. It's like you know, your behavior might cause somebody to leave the relationship, but not to, not to, you know, break your trust, you know? Well, I believe that's a perfect opportunity instead of cheating, talking and sharing. You right. know, I had a, yeah. I had a situation that doesn't work for me because I believe in communication. So if somebody isn't going to communicate with me, I have no interest. Where do you go? Right. So to me, it's the same thing. I mean, that bottom line is communication and sharing and caring. And, and you know, if somebody needs, you know, six weeks to figure something out, I'm not sitting around waiting for six weeks while they figure it out when they should be communicating with me, talking to me and sharing and together you either work it out or you don't one right. way or the other. But to to shut down and pull away and, not communicate or, you know, think, well, I did nothing wrong. You know, right. screw that. We've got a couple more calls we have to get to oh, over 20 minutes up the, the top of the hour. We have the to. There's a rule now, a new rule. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Who do we have? Uh, we have Tanika. All right. Let's take her call. Hi, Lady Fontaine. Hi. How are you, Tanika? Hi. What's, what's the story with you? What are you up to these days? Um, right now, I'm just wondering um, if I should, last month, well, in September, I was laid off of my job that didn't treat me really well, and um, I filed for benefits. So I was awarded the benefits, and then the job came and decided that I don't deserve the benefits, so I, they got taken away from me. Oh now I have God. the chance. Now I have the choice to go through with a hearing or not, which terrifies me um, because I don't know the first thing about court or judges or if I would even win this. So I, I really have not been having a great time. Um, my life is kind of in limbo right now, um, and I'm just wondering if you see a good outcome with this if I go through with it or not. Like if my benefits have come back or if it would be horrible. And what you see my next job as, because I've been trying to do this job thing and move away from New York for the longest, but nothing is going my way. And I'm just like alone a lot in this, I feel. Right. And I understand that. Um, I really do feel that um, if you chose to pursue this and move forward, I don't even know that you'd end up in court. I think you could probably make a settlement. Um, could you get an attorney involved here so that you have good representation or you can't afford that? Legal Aid Society. Oh, good thought. Do something because I feel if you pursued it, you would get your benefits. Look, they committed to it and then they took it away from you. I don't feel they can do that. I feel they're taking total advantage of this. So I really do feel you would have a good case. And what I actually feel in the big picture of things, you'd be able to let this go and move on to your next job, just like we were talking about before. If you're getting some, you know, 
some retribution or some some resolution to this issue. See, what my concern is, you just walking away from a turmoil like that, you're not going to be, you're holding on to it, and it's eating you up. I can feel it. It literally is eating you up inside, both the fear of how it would all go as well as, um, you know, what, what would actually happen. Is it worth my time or energy? I really feel if you could go to legal aid, get some representation or help with this, or some other, especially in today's day and age, there could be some other attorneys willing to help, that you would be in a situation where you would get the benefits and you'd be moving off to your new job with a better mindset. Now, Jim is laughing and smiling, so I want to hear what he has to say. Oh, no, I'm just, Paul and I are having a, 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 a chat. Oh, is that at you? The same time while you're here? talking, I'm sorry, oh. yeah. <laughs> oh, all right. I heard all that beeping away there. All right, all right. so I, I really feel that, you know, there's a benefit for you to be able to do that, Tanika. Um, <laughs> and I do feel when I say benefit, I mean emotional benefit as well as um, financial, that you'll get whatever benefits you're entitled to. As far as your next job, are you actively really searching? It feels like you're put, you're giving it a, de- a decent attempt, but I still feel it's limited in some way. So are you holding mm-hmm. back and, and not really ready to, to look? Yes. In fact, I am very still, like, wounded and traumatized from the stuff I went through at this job. So right. I kind of, like, have just been really you're numb still. not... Right, you're not. Yeah, you need not help. Great around people. I try to get the help, but in my area, they just—they are not. They think. I mean, I—they have group therapy, and I'm not the kind of person that's going to talk about the real deep personal issues I need to get over in front of people. I really am not. I'm shy in front of people. So I'll make topical conversation, but I don't feel like that's getting to the root of my issues at all. And I'm going through a bad, hard time right now with this. You know, it's just really not a good moment for me at all going through this. I know. I know. And, like, Um, with my job, I I don't even, I don't know. um, I just, I I don't know. It's overwhelming to think about, like, to think about getting a lawyer. I don't know if it will cost me. And I don't, they have all evidence. I don't have any evidence. I don't have any of my records. They have everything. You know, so I feel like I'm going into a situation just there, and they have all this stuff they could give the judge against me. Not that I did, I wasn't a criminal there or anything. They just pulled something out of the woodwork that they could use to let me go while I was on leave of absence because they looked at me as a problem child at that job. So while I chose to go on leave of absence from stress after the mandate, they took the time and combed through my record and all of a sudden pulled something out of the bag that everyone there is guilty of and chose to use that as a reason for the court to not award me benefits from them. So I know it's bogus, but they have evidence, you know, and, like, feel, like, intimidated kind of. Even though I know it's it's them being screwy, I feel intimidated to go into this when they have all this evidence and everything. And I just have my word about the way I was treated and what I think this is. Right, but I feel if you had an attorney involved, uh, they would know and how to handle this in a way that, and then plus you would have it offloaded from you and you wouldn't be feeling all the feelings that you're feeling. Because right now, 
you even said it, you, you feel very alone during this period. I feel you would actually feel like you have support. You would feel like somebody's there defending you on your behalf. And I believe an attorney isn't going to waste their time. They're going to say you have a case or you don't. If you don't, then it's your job to do what you've been talking about this whole show, about being able to forgive and walk away and start all over. Because one thing I want you to keep in mind, Tanika, and you've, you've listened to a lot of our shows and we've spoken before, and that's that everything happens for a reason. And as one door shuts, another door opens. And the more we hold on to that, I want what I want when I want it, the more we're holding ourselves back from being able to move forward and reap those new benefits. You know, the universe, God, whatever your beliefs are, can have a whole different plan for you. Like you were saying, you know, they think of you as the, you know, the, you know, the the bad child or whatever your words were. Um, maybe it's time you found a job that where somebody truly appreciated you and valued you for what you bring to the table. So, you know, it. I think it's so important for you to go with the flow. You said you find so hard to get out of New York, but nothing is going your way, and you're not able to do that. So, for right now, take that clue from the universe and do some inner work. Why? And I'm I'm sure most anybody. You know, there's a lot of people that want to get out of New York right now, and I certainly wouldn't blame you for doing that. But do do some inner work. We talk about a lot of these inner questions to ask, why am I feeling that way? What am I running from? Because when you run from something, you never resolve it. It will follow you. Your names and faces could change, but the situations are always the same. So you'll run to another job and have the same scenario following you. Resolve this. And the only way to resolve it is with inner work, doing inner work, really exploring what am I afraid of? Why am I afraid of it? Why does this intimidate me? Why are they doing this? Why is this happening? What am I supposed to see? All those inner questions, meditate on it, really reflect on it, keep asking yourself those questions. And you have the power, believe it or not, because right now you're very much in the victim mode. You have the power to get yourself out of the victim mode. The way I do it is I, I always let myself be a victim. I say I'll give myself two hours a day, whatever it is. And then I start hitting myself with all these questions. And once you start trying to solve the problem by getting those answers, you're no longer a victim. You're now in control. And that's going to take you out of this mess and bring you onto a road of starting to manifest the things that you truly desire. You've got some really challenging situations going on, and I know it feels overwhelming. I could feel it in your energy, but I'm trying to think of a gentle way to say this. Um, you have the ability to gain that inner strength and be able to deal with the reality of the situation and be able to move yourself forward with strength and hope for the future. Nothing, there's no coincidences, there's no accidents. Everything happens for a reason. For right now, maybe you need to be in, in New York. Perhaps right now, maybe you need to be in a situation where you get closure on either this job or or finding a new job. 
but don't run from this stuff and try to understand why you have the reactions that you do, why you feel so scared and intimidated. They, they don't have enough to win this case. I could tell you from a psychic perspective, in a court of law, they fall flat on their face. Because if you have the right attorney representing you, all of that is hearsay. And none of it, they could bring in 10 people that could say they're guilty of the same thing. So I I think with a good attorney, and I don't know if um, legal aid takes labor cases, though. I don't know if they do. If they don't, then they can always find, you know, tell you which way to go. They're very good about taking care of people. And what I really think, especially in the world of COVID right now, you probably have some attorneys out there who are doing either pro bono work or who specialize in this stuff. And maybe you do get some sort of settlement and they get a percentage of it or something. I think you, someone's got to take control of your life. Right now, you're allowing life to take control of you. And once you take control of your life, you're going to be on the road to really getting um you know, all these pieces in place and having some level of closure and some ability for the future, you know, for, for you to be able to look forward um, for the future. I'd also, since you're so stuck right now, I would say let yourself be stuck. Give yourself a certain period of time to be stuck, you know, be it a week or a day or whatever it is, and then make a commit, write yourself a commitment letter and make a commitment to yourself to find another job and be able to move, move. I don't know if it's move on, letting go or forgive. Whatever Jim says it is, we'll go with that for today. <laughs> but, but write yourself a commitment letter. Make a, 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 like a, a, a life plan for yourself. Otherwise, you're letting life control you. And if you don't know where you're going, how will you know when you ever get there? Jim, do you have any thoughts on this? Um, I was reminded listening to your talk uh, about the quote that you gave today where it says uh, we ask ourselves who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, famous actually who are you not to be? Right. You're a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure about you. You are meant to shine as children do. I like that. That's pretty good. I love that quote. Mm-hmm. Really, do. I really feel you could shine and you could you could get your life back and it could be better than it ever was. This right. is an opportunity for you to grow and learn. And don't let don't think that they have the power over you. You're giving them the power by you you're submitting to it. You're saying they're gonna win. I'm gonna lose. They've got the evidence. I don't. You know, you're giving away all your power. Yeah. And, and I think it's because I'm sorry. Come on. I think it's because it's like my heart is like broken from this job and period my step into the medical industry industry like not working out especially from this job because this job is where you know like it was me take, stepping away. Well, retail, I mean, yeah, like the medical field was like me stepping away from retail which I had done my whole life. And then I was really hoping that it would work out for me. And then I, on top of that, I met a guy, and it didn't work out. He just ended up using me. The people in these medical field offices, they just were really just cruel to me. 
So it's like I just feel still like I'm just still kind of like really hurt from my whole experience sure. with it. And yeah. in these offices, like they just, I don't know, like they just, I felt like they just despised me. They didn't see my value. They just really made me feel like I didn't belong and just didn't want me to talk or contribute. And I just didn't fit in. And it, I know it, I didn't fit in, but to go through that, it was hard. And I'm still, I'm still, so I'm just it, like still kind of like wanting to take a moment to not have to deal with people because like I feel I'm worried that like any job I'm worried about because no jobs have been working out for me so I'm just worried now about like mm-hmm. any job because what attracted you to the know. medical field in the first place first I was a pharmacy tech then I was reception no what attracted you um because I just knew I had something more to offer than <laughs> well first definitely my feet like, I couldn't do retail anymore after doing it for, like, 20 years. I couldn't stand on my feet for eight hours anymore. Right. And it also always felt like I had more that I could contribute. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that, you know, I have a smart mind. So, yeah. And I was in, I went through a health setback, and I wanted to find out what were these medications made of that they had to put in me to put me under and make me better and all that. So I wanted mm-hmm. to learn about medication, and I was really inspired by it. And... Yeah. um it was just such a cold industry for me to be in, very, very cold and technical. And uh, I fell in love with someone, which I'm very picky about. And then he just ended up also being a user, didn't see my value either. And he was from that whole field. It was just hard. It just was really bad. And yeah. now I'm worried about any job. Like, what job is there going to be for me where I, where I am appreciated, you know? Because, like, right. like, they haven't worked out. Well, good luck. I keep. I would keep your your vision in mind, you know, what what you wanted. See if there's another way you can get that, you know, in the same field, but another place. Right, because I feel just because you didn't fit in where you were working doesn't mean that you're not going to fit in anywhere. And you've probably heard us say this a million times throughout the time we've done this show, and that is that if if people aren't appreciating you that means you're or valuing you it means you're not valuing yourself and that means there's inner work to be done and you're again you're giving so much of your power away by letting them affect now your inability to even go get another job or to have that trust and faith in yourself see that's showing that you don't value your own your own intelligence, your own brilliance, your own being gorgeous and fabulous, like the quote that both Jim and I read today. So to me, to me, this is more about you finding yourself and it's wonderful opportunity to find yourself again. And then you, then you've got your feet on strong, you got your head on strong, and then you go, you fight this company or you walk away. Either way, do it with the right mindset. But right now, you're in a very um, vulnerable state. And I would say, um, have you ever read any of the articles that are on my blog? Not yet. Well, um, sometimes I, don't I get the emails know. and I read the emails. Um. I don't even know if they're on the website anymore. I had a blog somewhere that I had all these articles. I I, I just think, do we have your email address? Do we have it? Yes, I just 
Yep, I gave it again, but now... 30 seconds, Joe. All right, I'll I'll, uh, send you a link to some place for you to read some articles, and then you can reach out if you have any questions on it. But good luck to you. Thank you. All right. Okay, good night, everybody. Thank you. Thanks for the callers. And our next show is on... (laughs) I know. Our next show is going to be on... Angels. We're going to talk okay. about angels. Angels. It's a subject that Paul and are I you, both want to talk about. Are you going to come about. in costume? Do you, we can. <laughs> I have wings. No, no, and, I'm not doing oh. costume. No, no. <laughs> Do you remember My that time? Is red and I got horns and a big pitchfork. <laughs> yeah. Well, that that would balance what what we've got going on here. It would definitely balance it. So. Um, uh, are you are you going to say anything else, Paul, or you just want me to play some music? You're offline, buddy. Oh, you're on. There you are. Am I muted? Yeah. No, no, now you're, you're better. <laughs> um, we're at the 10 o'clock mark here, so let's just wave and say goodnight, Gracie. Okay. Goodnight, Gracie. <laughs> Go, Jim. Good I'm night, Jim. Goodnight, Jim. <laughs> Goodnight, everybody. Bye, everybody. <laughs> Another great show, thanks to our callers and wonderful listeners. Be sure to follow us here on Blog Talk Radio and on Facebook. Check back regularly for info on our next show here on Blog Talk Radio on Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. If you miss a show or want to listen again, you can listen to the podcast anytime here or on iTunes. Signing off from all of us here on Eye on the Future, blessings and namaste. Namaste.